Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. Hey everyone, we are back in an action and talking about depression. Everyone's favorite conversation. (laughs) But really, we do. We need more open, informed, and honest dialogue about these different feelings. Anxiety, depression, panic, self-loathing, fear... How about imposter syndrome? You know, if we could talk about these experiences without all the secondary feelings of embarrassment or shame, we would actually see how commonplace they are and how treatable they are. And that's key. So this month of January, I'm focusing on feeling better. Here on TrailerCast, we talked about when you feel better, you live better on the first episode of the year. Then last week, we talked about anxiety, and today we're tackling depression. This month, my Feel Better workshop is also coming out, which I'm very excited about. They're web-based wellness workshops you can take from the comfort of your own home. So you can read more about that on my website, elisesnipes.com. Sign up to get a notification if you would like. Um, But yeah, if TrailerCast is your first pass by some of these concepts, then the Feel Better workshop is a deep dive. It's about an hour's worth of content with a ton of practical application and different things to try. So please check it out. All right, back to the D word. I can remember one of the first therapists I saw, I was around 10 years old, and there was a lot of S-H-I-T going down in my house. I was, am, an internalizer, so I would absorb my feelings, my brother and sister's feelings, my parents' feelings, and then I would take it all within myself, and obviously it sunk me. I felt responsible for everyone and everything that was going wrong, and yet simultaneously powerless to do anything to fix what was happening. And the therapist was asking me about what I was feeling. So obviously, I lied, (laughs) because I didn't want her to know how bad it was. So when she dropped the D word on me, honey, I think you're depressed. I wanted to puke, run out of her office. I felt like I'd been tricked. I felt exposed and like I had failed. That word felt like a dagger. I felt bad and wanted to escape. I imagined myself jumping off the couch and running out of the room. Instead, I sat there and denied that as a possibility and told her she didn't understand me. Wow, I was such an ideal client. (laughs) So granted now, as a therapist, I do think she came on too strong that day and that she didn't have enough of my trust to say something like that. But she wasn't wrong. And it also showed me how stigmatized that word was, depression. It felt so permanent and dysfunctional and unfixable and big. And it also made me feel bad and wrong like I had let it slip too far. So what's your immediate reaction to the word depression? What associations do you have with it? Have you ever been depressed? What does the D word bring up for you? Let's talk about facts and stats for a minute, okay? 
So depression is often misunderstood as just feeling sad. People throw it around a lot like, oh, I'm so depressed or hashtag depressed life. But it really is a complex condition. And the facts about depression, depression symptoms and or depression management might actually be surprising to you. Okay, so what is depression? Major depression, as sometimes also referred to as major depressive disorder, it's diagnosed based on criteria in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. How cool is that? The DSM. A depression diagnosis is made when at least five of the following symptoms occur nearly every day for at least two weeks. Depressed mood, loss of pleasure in all or most activities, significant weight change or change in appetite, change in sleep, change in activity, fatigue or loss of energy, diminished concentration, feelings of guilt or worthlessness, and suicidality. In order to diagnose major depression, either depressed mood or loss of pleasure in activities must be one of the symptoms. Okay, so what does that sound like to you? Does it surprise you that these symptoms feel pretty commonplace? I mean, listen to some of them, like change in sleep, fatigue, diminished concentration, I don't know, feelings of guilt, worthlessness. That sounds pretty commonplace to me. And what about how the symptoms of depression manifest in physical ways, like they, when they affect your fatigue and your appetite? It doesn't take a lot for a diagnosis of a depressive episode. Okay, let's keep going. While the definition of major depression may seem simple enough, Depression has profound and varying impacts, okay? Here are some facts that I found I thought were super interesting. One, depression has different triggers. People have a higher risk of depression if they've recently been through a stressful life event, if they've had depression in the past, or if a close family member has been depressed. Also, sometimes depression develops without any obvious cause. Two, genes provide some but not all of the answers. Also, we're not talking Levi's, we're talking like the Human Genome Project. The genetic predisposition to depression is really is becoming better understood, and it might explain why one person becomes depressed and another doesn't, okay? A family history of depression does matter, but it's not the only factor, okay? For example, identical twins, these are siblings who have the exact same genes, will both develop depression only about 30% of the time. I think that that should give us hope. Number three, depression affects the body, headache, stomach problems, shortness of breath, general physical tension. These can all be symptoms of depression. See, the mind-body connection is essential to consider since the mind symptoms can show up in the body. And then sometimes that's what it takes to get people through the door to the doctor's office. But then they think the symptoms are only physical. So I end up getting a lot of people who are referred to me by their primary physician or a physical therapist because they sought treatment for low back pain or chronic headaches, a physical symptom that did not have a physical origin. It was emotional pain. I think that's so fascinating. Uh, Four, depression might be a gut feeling. Now, what I mean by that is that it's a, there's a complicated relationship between the brain and the central nervous system and then the bacteria that is in our actual like guts. There is research being done right now about how the bacteria in our guts could be connected to the level of depression in which we feel. So I'm excited to see more research come out on that. Depressed brains look different, 
So when you have a functional MRI of your brain, the structures of your brain and the circuits will actually work differently when a person is depressed. Again, evidence, evidence that this is real. People are not making up depressed symptoms. Your actual brain structures change. Six, depression is linked to other health problems. So people with chronic conditions like diabetes, heart disease, MS, may also have a higher risk of depression. Um, Also, people who have chronic pain disorders, autoimmune disorders, there is typically a co-occurring depression and or anxiety disorder as well. Seven, depressed people might not look depressed. This is key, you guys. Sometimes depression is referred to as the hidden illness. Um, If you've ever lost somebody uh, to suicide, then you would might understand that as well when people are like, whoa, I did not even see that coming. It's, you can hide it. There are super high functioning, upbeat, cheerful, successful people, but inside they actually are suffering from depression. So it's not an obvious disorder. Eight, exercise helps manage depression. So what exercise does is it actually biologically improves your mood state by stimulating natural compounds in your body that help you feel better. The prescription is typically 30 minutes of physical activity most days. So this is something that I feel like is so overlooked because if you walk into a therapist's office and you are going through extreme depression and they say, oh, we'll just go for a, a nice little walk for 30 minutes a day. It's like, I'm sorry, did you hear me? Like, I'm depressed. Sometimes we overcomplicate the solution, okay? Also, we misunderstand the solution to something like depression. A way to treat it is to get you moving, is to get you up and out of your normal cycle and out into something that's going to have an actual biological effect immediately, as well as change your uh, routine. If you are required to get up 30 minutes a day, then you cannot also be isolating, sitting on the couch, stuck, So there's like a biological and a behavioral component when exercise is prescribed. So don't minimize that. Um, If someone prescribes that to you to get up and walk and get out of your norm, it's not because they think you need to lose weight, okay? It's because it's a proven fact that exercise really will help manage depression and give your brain the boost that it needs to to get back on track. Nine, shout out to therapy. Therapy is needed. Sometimes antidepressant medications, they'll be used first to alleviate the depressive disorder in order, and this is the part where people sometimes don't follow up on, in order to help the person become functional enough to actually employ behavioral therapy. This is the part that I wish that more people could hear. When they go into their doctor, because people have less shame about going to their primary physician than they do about going to a therapist. Riddle me that. Then they'll go to their primary physician and the physician will offer them two options, medication or therapy. People will often take medication, but evidence-based practices says that both medication and behavioral therapy is the most effective way to treat every single one of these disorders, not um, singularly with medication. Okay, 10, depression is a leading cause of disability. So the World Health Organization considers depression to be a leading cause of disability worldwide. This is a global perspective on depression. This is not only depression hitting the United States or depression hitting a minority or a majority. It's one of the leading causes of disability worldwide. That makes me sad. We have a depressed world if we are disabled by something that is actually treatable. We have to do better. 
depression doesn't always have a good reason. Um, this is a really good myth to debunk. So sometimes people become depressed for what seems like a good reason, right? Like they lost their job, they had a sibling pass away. But with clinical depression, there does not necessarily have to be a reason for how you feel. No catalyst, uh, no trigger, no obvious thing to point to. The chemicals in your brain, which are responsible for mood control, may be out of balance, causing you to feel bad, even though everything is going well. So again, do not diminish your symptoms if you say if you hear yourself saying things like, I don't have any reason to feel this way. Right. That's why it's called depression, not grief. Okay. 12. There are many things that can cause depression and the causes are not completely understood. So right now it's best believed that the most, the best explanation is that it is probably caused by a combination of factors such as underlying genetic tendency, environmental factors that can act as triggers, and then a lack of resources slash community. 13. Depression is more than ordinary sadness. Okay. Sadness is a part of being a human. It's a natural reaction to painful circumstances. Every single one of us will experience sadness at some point in our lives. Depression, however, is a physical illness with many more symptoms than an unhappy mood. This is kind of like the nervous anxiety relationship. Everyone gets nervous, not everyone's debilitated by anxiety. Everyone gets sad, not everybody's debilitated by depression. Okay? 14, where my heart's at, children. Children are not immune to depression. You guys, it is a myth that people think that, ch- that children don't see, don't comprehend, that it's just a joyful, carefree time in their lives. So while children don't like, experience the same problems or pressures that adults do, in their little microcosm, their problems are big and the feelings are large. Not in comparison, but absolutely are their feelings valid, okay? So now, especially with social media, children are so much more of the world uh, aware of the world around them. They're not only not immune to depression, but there's an increased level of depression. Depression in children and teens is less treated than in adults. One-fifth of children and teens are getting treatment versus one-third of adults. Again, those numbers are staggering and break my heart. The fact that only one-third of adults are getting treated for depression when it's treatable, and one-fifth of children. And who do you think those one-fifth are? Those are also children that obviously have resources and people that are observing them. So what about the rest of the children that are suffering that do not have parents that are aware or are watching, or teachers that care, coaches that see? Like, we as a community can be more aware of what the mental health symptoms look like so that we can help come alongside the children in our communities that are feeling this and are going unnoticed. Stepping off soapbox. (laughs) 15. Depression is a real illness. You are not weak or crazy. Depression is a real illness, which scientists believe is caused by imbalance in your your, um, chemicals in your brain called neurotransmitters. So the neurotransmitters, they play an important role in regulating your mood, and they're also involved in all the different functions throughout your body. You're not making this up. This is real. 16, depression is treatable. Mic drop, depression is treatable. You do not need to suffer if you have depression. There are several very effective treatment options available to you. Again, that medication and therapy combination Evidence-based practices suggest both simultaneously. 
Also, shout out to EMDR. If you don't know what that is, it's not um, EDM, <laughs> electronic dance movement. It's eye movement, desensitization, rep and reprocessing. I would highly recommend people researching that. You can literally Google EMDR. Um, you could look at emdria, emdria.org as well for more information. Um, fascinating approach to all of these different feeling states and disorders. Um, okay, 17. Untreated depression is the most common cause of suicide. Dang, guys. So proper diagnosis and treatment of depression is super important in preventing suicides. I hope, I know that goes without saying, but 90% of people who commit suicide are suffering from a form of mental illness. And most of these people have depression, which has been undiagnosed, untreated, or undertreated. Okay. Oh, depression and suicide, that relationship, the fact that it's uh, treatable, solvable, preventable inspires me to think like, like, wait, what? Well, then we need to talk about it more, normalize it more so people get access to better healthcare. So we're able to affect the next generation or current generation of people that are in and around us so that we don't have to suffer alone. So we're not losing people to suicide. Okay. I'm passionate about this about this topic and about the idea of depression. Um, depression was, I would say, one of my main feelings for majority of my life. Uh, less so now, after <laughs> lots of therapy and lots of self-work. Um, but I'm definitely passionate about it because it's something that if I would have been told at, when I was 10 years old and I walked into that therapist's office for the first time and she just looked at me and said, honey, it gets better. You will not always feel this way. This feels big, but I will help you through it. I just would have been like, yeah, like yes. <laughs> One, take me home with you. And two, yes. Okay, so now that we have this broader understanding of depression, we're going to get real about it for a second. Depression sucks and it is real. It is treatable. These are the three things that I want to say about depression. One, you guys, we need to acknowledge that it is real. It is not something you are creating or manifesting. Also, it is not cosmic punishment or something you deserve. Depression is not karma, okay? Depression is a liar and a thief, and it wants to rob you of your life. So I want you to think about it like this. When someone gets mugged or burglarized, we don't typically blame them and tell them inconsiderate things like, wow, you're making this worse than it needs to be. Or, are you sure you were robbed? I mean, like, really robbed? I mean, maybe they only broke in but didn't take anything. Can't you just get over it? I mean, look at the positive side of this. You didn't get killed. I mean, you guys, think about it. This is what people say to those being robbed by depression. They minimize it, trivialize it, and make them responsible for it, which leaves them feeling more isolated and feeling worse because the fears they already had were just confirmed. We need to talk about depression differently. We need to stop making the person being robbed also a victim of ignorant cruelty. Second thing I'd like to say about this, acknowledging that depression is real and not your fault does now make you culpable. If you need help, raise your hand. Tell someone. Surrender to resources that are available to you. There is no shame in this. People who are honest about how they feel, vulnerable and letting others in, and willing to do what it takes to get there, 
Yeah, those people are fucking brave. Three, you need to laugh. And I mean like gut laugh, belly laugh. I'm going to tell you that when I was in the, my deepest depression was after my brother had died. I, I don't have words for the broken that I felt. It, it was in such a deep and dark time of depression. And during this exact season, there was a carnival that came down the street from our house. So my husband, Jesse, and I, we walked down to it before kids. And there's this ride called the zipper. So all you carnies out there, shout out <laughs> to the zipper ride. It is my absolute hands down favorite ride. If I don't see at the carnival, literally you're dead to me. I'm not even going. This little zipper ride, there's an individual little car and it spins one way like ferociously while the whole ride is also spinning and being catapulted around. It is pure exhilaration. So when I saw it that day, I was like, I need to get on that ride. Let me also say that my husband has a history of motion sickness, okay? So he was not feeling quite as enthusiastic as I was. But I felt anticipation as we were getting on that ride, like someone was stirring my stomach. So when we got in our tiny compartment and took off zipping through the atmosphere, something released inside of me. I felt alive. I laughed from such a core and primal place within me. And you guys, it was the big laugh, the big, loud, head-turning, high-pitched cackle. It was free and wild, like I was a kid, and it was glorious. And that feeling, that also needs to be true in the dark place. So laugh. Watch stand-up comedy. (laughs) Read inappropriate memes. Turn up the music and dance. Ride a roller coaster. Do something, anything that shakes the sleeping self and calls you out from the depths. If you were here with me today in the trailer, I would sensitively want to know your experience with depression. Have you ever felt something like this before? Have you ever let someone see you in that space? What memories do you have of feeling your depths? Is there anything you need now? And then I would remind you, that everything is solvable, that depression is treatable, that you deserve to be happy and light and free and to get to laugh from your soul. Be well this week, my friend. Reach out if you need something. Consider what you need to feel better and get after it. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you are interested in beginning your own work in therapy or coaching, you can go to www.elisesnipes.com. Follow me on Instagram at Elise Snipes Collective, where I will be sharing more with you throughout the week. You can get in touch with me to suggest a topic for the show or to ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered. Or just say hi by emailing me at elise at elisesnipes.com. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends.